This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Learning Unlocked podcast, presented by Open Sesame. Taking a deep dive into the global world of learning and development with practical tips and tricks, along with insights from leading brands and the people that make them work. This is Learning Unlocked. Now, here's your host, Brian Berger. My guest is Megan Torrance. She is the CEO and founder of Torrance Learning, which helps organizations connect learning strategy to design, development, data, and ultimately performance. Megan has over 25 years of experience in learning design, deployment, and consulting. Megan, thanks for joining me on the Learning Unlocked podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here, Brian. Yeah, happy to have you. Let's start with this. I I ask a lot of guests on this show, like, how did you get into learning and development? Oh, like, like perhaps many people respond a little bit backwards. Uh, my background, my educational background is in communication, organizational development, and business. And um, I started working for um, Accenture back in the day before they were called Accenture um, in their people practice. And new hires and their people in change practice learned how to do some basic instructional design. Um, I then didn't do any of that <laughs> for a good number of years. Um, I worked on change management process practices. Um, I worked on shared service systems and, and, and service centers and that large-scale process design. And the last one of those projects that I did was to implement a learning management system at a large organization. It was their first LMS. It was the software company's first LMS. It was my first LMS. Huh. Uh, and, and it was a successful project. And so after that, I started working for the LMS company. And a few within a few years, their customers started saying, well, hey, can you help me build the stuff that goes into this new fancy LMS that I got, just bought? And I said, well, funny enough, that's what I was trained to do about a decade ago. So that's how I got into, I come to like this, this learning and, 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 and content delivery space actually through the LMS and the process and the large scale change space. Interesting. L&D has evolved so much, especially in the last few years with the pandemic. You've been doing this for a while now. What have you seen as the main changes in how it's evolving? What are we doing better than we weren't doing 25 years ago? You know, I think that we are really, really getting better at aligning with our businesses' needs um, and our organization's needs. And I think the pandemic really brought that to um, into focus, right? Suddenly, learning and development, we're, we're like first responders hmm. to 
large scale change, right? Um, oh my gosh, everybody's got to go home. What do we do? How do we do the business? Um, how do we keep connecting with employees and with customers? And how do we upskill everybody on how to work in this new space? And all of a sudden learning had a really valuable, very high profile and very urgent need to to help fill. Um, at the same time though, like we've been, we've been getting close to our businesses, um, and we are starting to adopt um, better data, better, better platforms, more rich insights into how people are learning and what people are learning so that we can be much more targeted about how we do that. Yeah. And the business really appreciates that. Yeah. And you just think like attention spans have gotten shorter with social media and its evolution. Uh, we're not solely learning in person anymore. We're learning virtually. And um, I just wonder, like, what are the keys to designing good learning courses so that people retain the information and they're engaged? You know, I think, Brian, uh, you, you, you mentioned such a really important thing. Um, and it's, it's not so much that our attention spans are getting shorter. It's our patience is getting shorter. Hmm. We're less likely to put up with, and, and actually a lot of the attention span research um, came from this space. We're less likely to watch something that is irrelevant to us. And so uh, the consumerization of um, so many media products makes everything that we do in learning and development, right? it raises the bar on it. You think about when um, I don't know how old you are. When I was a kid in school, like the super fancy uh, days of science class were when we got to watch Bill Nye, the science guy. And it was on a crummy TV. Yeah. It was small and grainy and the audio was horrible. And Bill was amazing and fun. And this was the epitome of like, this was exciting stuff, right? A big exciting day was when you brought in the media. Right. And, and, and even though it was crappy, and so now when you think about our tastes for media, our choices available to us, all of these have, you know, we have a much more sophisticated palette as consumers of media. And so we have the same expectation of learning. And so if you were to bring out a Bill Nye, the science guy from the 1970s, you might be like, ah, this one's a little long and a little slow, right? And, and, and it's because we're, we're used to different things. We just don't have patience for it anymore. So L&D needs to have things that are highly focused and highly relevant because we're no longer the best source of interesting media in anybody's lives. So, is so there, we really have to up our game. Yeah. Is there a recipe? You know, I've asked people on this podcast this question too. Uh, you know, again, patience, attention span, uh, some people say you don't want to do a video more than 10 minutes or five minutes, or if you're posting something to social, it's got to be 60 to 90 seconds. Is there something that you have found resonates with learners when you're designing these courses? So um, what I tend to do is not come at it with a formula so much as to, I really look at where is the learner when they're accessing this? What do they need to get out of it? Right. Um, and so. If I'm in a space where um, I, I need to learn something brand new, I have time dedicated to learn it 
because it's important and very, very critical. Because if it's if I need a lot of scaffolding because it's a complex topic and getting it wrong is really, really risky, then clicking on a bunch of 16-second videos is going to be an awful lot of clicky-click and not the continuity that I need. On the other hand, if what a learner needs is to get in get a piece of useful, actionable information that connects to a topic they already know about and get out. They're highly motivated to do that. You know, a three to five minute video might be exactly what they need. And they might even put it on 1.5 or 2x speed to huh. get through it faster. Right? Um, so, and, 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 and if all I want is a soundbite, then absolutely, then a TikTok makes, makes my day. So um, there, it's really about looking at where is the learner right now. And then I also really have been, you know, lately our go-to at Torrance Learning has been these um, single point of need, very, very modular pieces where um, I might have, it's got one behavioral objective, right? One learning objective is covered in one nugget. And if I need two or three of them, I can string them together in a logical order. But if I just need one, I can do just one. It stands right by itself. So give me an example. So how about this? An example from our Eleventure course series um, where we may have um, a number of, um, actually, we have a, a, a course on microaggressions. Okay? And that course is actually broken up into a, a set of individual videos. And one video just just explains what a microaggression is and What's so wrong about it, right? It's micro. It can't be that bad, right? Right. So it really gets home. One is one one piece deals with how to handle microaggressions when you're the bystander. Hmm. One piece is how to handle microaggressions when you receive them. You're on the receiving end, right? One is how do I handle microaggressions when somebody tells me tells me I did it, and then finally from a leader's perspective, or how do I create the environment to reduce the harm of microaggressions? That one talks about how do I implement micro affirmations in my workplace? Now, when you put all those together, those five, four, five pieces, five, six pieces, right? That makes up a meaningful 30-minute course on microaggressions. Pretty awesome. Yeah. But any one of them can be used at any time when I just like... Something just hit the fan and I need to be able to respond. I can go in, get what I need and get out also. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Diversity, equity and inclusion continues to be a top priority for businesses everywhere. Open Sesame has created a survey that will give you insight into where your organization stands on diversity. Aside from being educational, this survey is a powerful tool to help you understand areas of improvement and spark conversations about strategies for creating a more inclusive and equitable workplace. After you take the short survey, you'll get access to Open Sesame's DEI Toolkit, an online hub where you can find additional resources. Visit opensesame.com today to start your survey. Back to Learning Unlocked, here's Brian Berger. So you just mentioned TikTok a little bit ago. Is that really like a platform that could be a learning platform? You make a TikTok video and it's going to resonate with maybe the younger audience. Is that really a platform you can use for some of these uh, learning videos? 
anything as a platform that you can use for for Mm. learning videos. And again, what you come back to is, where are my learners right now? Right. What what are they, right? So if I've got, um, if, if I'm thinking of TikTok for a group of learners who don't use TikTok, who are, um, you know, it, that 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 that's not going to work for me because then they have to download another app and something that they might have, they might be wary of, or they might have negative connotations about. They may take my training less seriously if I'm delivering it on TikTok. Then that's not going to be a good medium for me. And I might choose something that comes to my learning management system or an email drip campaign or something like that. On the other hand, if I am trying to use more social media savvy, and I'm, I'm going to stay away from age, I'm going to stay away from age, but but it may be a social media savvy population, more consumer targeted kind of or external facing, less proprietary internal company stuff, which might maybe even lighter target stuff. Um, then TikTok's a great place for something like that. YouTube's a middle a middle ground, right? YouTube and Vimeo are middle ground. If I care as an organization about tracking whether or not people have taken that, then TikTok's not a great place for that because I can't keep track of of who on my team has actually um, used that content to improve their performance. Interesting. Uh, the importance of continuing education in retaining employees. We're seeing. You know, the great resignation, we're seeing employees change jobs very frequently now, again, post-pandemic. How important is it to provide continuing education in order to retain employees? What are you seeing there? I'm seeing a lot of focus on the employee as a whole individual, not just on what they can produce for the organization. And professional development is a big part of that. Right. Um, and and it's it's interesting. Right? There's a pendulum. I, I remember it was what, 30 years ago, Motorola University, the 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 age of the big corporate university. And I chose my first job out of college in part because they had a big corporate university and a commitment to continuing like a not only a commitment, but a structured curriculum of continuing ongoing education um, to to advance your career. and. That was that was a huge that was part of the benefits package, right? Mm. Uh, and I think as we now look at, um, at at learning and professional development within an organization, it can nestle right up against um, or alongside wellness and um, support from your managers, right? Better leadership and a meaningful purpose that connects me to the world, not just as a, a a producer of stuff along with regular things like great compensation and flexible work policies. So looking at people as whole individuals absolutely brings learning into the equation. At the same time, organizations really have to up their game because there are so many accessible, easy to get sources of learning and professional development outside the organization. So if the organization's not providing it, People can go outside and get their own, and that connects them less to that organization, right. and they might be more more likely to leave. Interesting. Uh, tell us about Eleventure. I pronounced it correctly. I was I was worried about how to pronounce that. Eleventure. Tell us about that. Sure thing. So Eleventure, right? We really think about it like 
elevate your venture, um, whether your venture is uh, your business team, um, your organization, or yourself, right? Your your venture of you. Um, the the Eleventure concept is is really a, a set of business and professional skills uh, that are those core professional skills. Some people call them soft skills. Um, some people call them 21st century skills um, or, or essential skills, right? Th- those things that you need to be able to do in order to get your job done effectively, almost no matter what your job is. So turning conflict into communic- into collaboration, um, writing effective emails, um, using my productivity tools, uh, engaging with people who are from different generations or different races or different genders and understanding those underlying power dynamics. Um, We've got uh, courses on on really understanding things like the social determinants of health um, or as, as, um, as, as timely as returning to the workplace after being home for two and a half years with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So all sorts of very timely topics. Um, They are organized into uh, either sets of four to five videos, um, or they can be individual pieces that you can dive in, grab one piece, get what you need and get out, or stitch together a set of them into a course that is meaningful and coherent for your own team and your own role. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Open Sesame helps companies develop the world's most productive and admired workforces. How? By having the most comprehensive catalog of e-learning courses from the world's top publishers, publishers like TED and Harvard. And having courses that cover learning topics like diversity, equity, and inclusion, leadership development, safety and compliance, and wellness. Try a course for free today by visiting opensesame.com backslash course of the week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. I know as the founder of Torrance Learning, you're working with Open Sesame as well. You just mentioned a bunch of topics. What kind of topics will people find in the Open Sesame library? All of those are on the Open Sesame Library, um, and and more are are coming all the time. Uh, we're um, releasing neurodiversity in the workplace. So, how do uh, we, as uh, neurotypical people, um, engage with people who might have ADHD, or make a welcoming space for uh, people who are autistic um, or um, dyslexic or or whatnot in the workplace? I love that course. Um, we have a course on cultural nuances, which is really, really relevant in an age of, of globalization that has been accelerated by the fact that everybody's on Zoom, right? Everybody is working uh, remotely. Therefore, a remote and global team is, is a perfectly natural extension. And where um, old school cultural nuances courses tended to be focused around, okay, you manager are going to Europe. How do you interact with people in Europe? Now what we're looking at is 
these teams are multicultural global teams and all of the different cultures may be present on a single call. And how do you navigate that? So that's an exciting one that's coming out. Um, and, um, and, and then we have, um, so, so I mentioned the microaggressions course. We've also had um, an entire series called Cultivating Racial Equity in the Workplace. And that series is all about um, how do I connect in with my own social identities and, and have a sense for who I am in the world and how that affects what I've had access to, what the barriers to my success has been, um, and, um, and, and how I connect with others. Uh, we then have a, a take action section of that course um, in which we talk about um, the things I can do every single day to help others connect together and build an inclusive workplace um, to, to leading the change. And that talks about um, how do we conduct an, an, a process and a cultural audit around um, diversity and inclusion and belonging, particularly with race in mind. But many of the concepts that we learn in a, and use in a racial equity context apply to gender imbalances, disability imbalances, neurodiversity, all of that. And so there's some really, really interesting things going on there um, as well in that set of courses. Megan Torrance is the CEO and founder of Torrance Learning. You can find her courses on Open Sesame. You can find Torrance Learning online at torrancelearning.com. Megan, thanks so much for joining me on the Learning Unlock podcast. This was fascinating. I enjoyed this conversation. This has been fantastic. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Learning Unlocked, presented by Open Sesame. Download this and every episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learning Unlocked is produced by Griggs Productions.